Hello and welcome to another episode of Feasible Film. I'm Chris Martin, and today um, we're going to be talking a little bit of Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to be talking um, Prometheus 2, and I'm also going to be countdowning my or doing a countdown of my top three like Bond moments, I guess. Inspector just came out last week, and just kind of wanted to share some stories and things I thought were kind of interesting. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, it was announced, I think, a couple days ago on uh, James Gunn's Twitter about Guardians of the Galaxy that he, I mean, it's, to me it sounds like they're just trying to stay relevant and in the news, especially with production starting. You know, they released a couple of or a couple of pictures that just show um, some various scenes on set and, you know, mostly green screen. But um, he did say one thing that was kind of interesting is uh, there was a question asked him on Twitter if he... If anybody had found some super secret uh, Easter egg that was on the original movie, and he still said no, and he hopes that nobody finds it. So, who knows what that is, but I'm sure at one point when he's finished with all of it, if no one's found it, it'll probably come out and say, whatever that is, doesn't seem like a big deal. Like I said, it just kind of seems like something maybe they put in there just for people to dig around, maybe buy the Blu-ray, who knows. Um, so there's that, and... He also said that um, there's going to be, like, a lot of characters are going to be announced here pretty soon. Um, and the really striking thing is they said, he says that Marvel's given him full control over doing the movie that he wants to do. So that'll be really, really interesting to see, you know, I mean, what he brings to the table. Uh, it seemed like he has probably one of the best relationships, I'd say, I mean, as far as I know from reading on the news, um, with Marvel and, you know, getting his ideas on screen. Whether that be you know, uh, you know, pushing the edge on jokes or getting in the shots that he wants or the length that he wants, it seems like they're gonna let him do what he wants because the first one was so successful and you know just such a big hit on something that's not really that well known, or at least you know for normal people, <laughs> for people who not normal people but people who you know aren't big into comic books. So that'll be pretty interesting. Um, the other news story was. There was a guy that took out a full-page ad um, to and pitched an idea for Die Hard, a full-page ad. I think it was in the Hollywood Reporter, um, you know, citing Bruce Willis and Lynn Wiseman to, I mean, pitch his idea. And at this point, Die Hard's Die Hard. I mean, if you have Bruce Willis in there and you have some action, you're going to probably get people to go see it. You know, I mean, in this last one, it was all about his, uh, Jai Courtney's character, about his kid. Um, you know, he has to go in, and Bruce Willis happens to be, I think is in Russia, and has to go help his son out. It's, it was, to me, is really ridiculous. I, I'd say the, the last two diehards have really waned on me. I mean, the first three are fantastic. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, trying to update the series, it, it, it's kind of getting along... It's kind of going around the same route as like Expendables. I mean, just keep getting more and more and more ridiculous. And these older action stars, although they might be good together in some respects, they're they're just trying to hang on to something that, you know, was good back in the day. And, you know, had good people attached to it. Had good directors and good acting, in my opinion, direct, you know, directly involved. So I think that's why you had, like, these movies just came out so well and did so well. Um... But it just seems like the creativity's not there. You know, not a lot of people nowadays are, that didn't grow up with it are 
I think you're gonna get them in. The, I don't think you're gonna be able to get new new viewers in the theaters. You know, other than maybe releasing it on a on a on a weekend that a weekend that there's no, nothing showing or you know that needs a boost or some kind of action they can just throw in there and try to schedule around some other big event or you know it's not a summer blockbuster by any means I would imagine but uh, anyway the the guy stated you know. It, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's like, it's about like four or five paragraphs, you know, putting his wife is back involved. There's a prison involved about terrorists trying to take over New York and the whole, you know, superheroes have done it so many times. You've seen the destruction of these cities, especially New York, um, over these past couple of like five, six, seven superhero movies, you know, um, it's getting tiresome in my opinion. I, I mean, Seeing an older Bruce Willis go around destroying cities, destroying cars. I mean, the last movie had a really cool car sequence. You know, I mean, that's the only thing that I remember about it, you know. And that's not a really good sign. I mean, I remember everything about the first three. And, you know, maybe it was just because it was fresh. I'm not sure. But they need to take a step back and just, you know... I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they're making money off these, I guess keep releasing them. If it's something to put people in seats, keep going with it. But to me, it's just getting ridiculous. And the new story doesn't really do anything for me. But, I mean, maybe it does for most fans. I'm not sure. Um, the other thing, uh, real quick, was um, Universal says that they're going to reboot or uh, redo uh, Van Helsing. You know, with new cast, new producers, and whatnot. And, you know, I, at the time, I, you know, at the time, you know, there was like Underworld and The Matrix and movies like that. And they really did something for me. The Crow was a little bit earlier, but kind of like that darker monster movie, Constantine-ish style movie, really did something for me back then. And I'm not sure if it would now. You know, redoing it, it seems like it would be something to where a TV show possibly would do better. Um, it, it It's just the amount, uh, especially being a sci-fi series, I know they're going to probably try to go along the route of like maybe a, a Walking Dead style um, show, um, if they did a show or a movie. And, you know, I mean, they're not going to garner a big enough budget, I don't imagine, that they did for the first one. Especially probably not going to be able to get uh, the star power they did at the time um because at the time i mean hugh jackman and kate beckinsale were just kind of sort of getting into you know superhero style roles um action style roles so i don't know i it just to me it just seems like another case of you know the studio trying to reboot something that has a name to get people in seats and i'm not all that excited for it but you know if if it came if you know if a trailer comes out it looks exciting i might check it out um, the other thing was Ridley Scott said that, uh, he's going to reveal who created the aliens in the new film, the new Prometheus movie, I mean, um, that's being renamed, uh, aliens, I forget, I forget, but, um, Neil Blomkamp kind of got screwed because he was doing an, a, uh, quote unquote alien film and that's been taken away from him and because they wanted to switch the switch the name over to Alien for the new Prometheus. And I'm not 100% sure why, but um, I, I guess just to put the name on there, this new one is probably going to transcend Prometheus. You know, that was the setup 
of the Travelers and the setup of Naomi repeats his character. Um, Fassbender being the android and where they left it, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they go, especially since I love the first, the first Prometheus and, you know, it is, I'm sure the next one's going to be on the alien planet or somewhere around there, the traveler's planet. Um, once she gets off the planet that she's on and that could be pretty interesting. You know, I, I was already ready to like see what happened next at the end of the last one. So I'm really excited about this. It should be should be pretty good. So the fact that he's saying that's gonna he's gonna come out with you created the alien, and especially saying that he thinks that the alien is he he uh, describes it as being sort of like a virus, um, so something that um, like kind of takes over the worlds, um, and you can see that with like Predator as well. You know they they go to a planet, they send one Predator to take over a planet, and if they can do that, they earn their right or whatever to become one of the elite members or the elders or whatever. And aliens are kind of put in that same role, except they're just out to destroy everything, it seems, in all, in all these movies. So, whereas Predator has more of a conscious, um, conscious ideal of himself, aliens just seem like they just produce and, uh, I mean, other than the queen, other I mean, like an ant hive, you know, they just kind of keep bustling out until they destroy everything. So... I'm really excited about any news on Prometheus, but this sounds particularly interesting. Um, the other two things before we get to the uh, top three is a Snowpiercer TV show I'm getting really excited about. They've announced um, it's going to be written by the same people who did, uh, or the same guy who did uh, Avatar 2 and Avatar 3. He's writing it, and you know he was just kind of coming out in the media saying that he was really excited about the movie. Uh, or I'm sorry, he was excited about the movie and he's really excited about doing possibly a TV series. And I, I think it'd be great because um, I think there can be a lot told or a lot more told about the the way that it began and maybe like a couple episodes before they get on the train. Um, and then when they get on the train, I'm sorry, the, well, the synopsis was they uh, it's the last people on earth to get on a train or bound some, I won't spoil it, they're bound somewhere. And there's an uh, there's a lower class and then an upper class. So the upper class is towards the front of the train, and then the lower class is at the back of the train. And the lower class starts to get fed up with their position and their predicament. So they start going from back to cart. To, they go from each uh, consecutive train car to try to get to the front to see what's going on or to find out what's going on. And you get to see kind of like all the little social, economical um, positions each person's in where as they get higher and higher and higher or they go further and further on the train and they mix in a lot of like really neat like sci-fi elements the filmmaking was fantastic the music was great uh, the pacing was fantastic I thought and you know it was really really enjoyable I mean I, I wish it would have got I got a small release I wish it would have got a huge release because it's something I think everyone should see and you know them doing a tv series I think they could um, expand on those ideas and it'll be really really good um and then the other thing was uh, Neil Blomkamp, uh, you know, after learning that he was taken off the Alien series, he's already, like, starting to tackle another idea, I guess, for a time travel movie. Um, it was, it's being, I guess the good thing about it was Neil Blomkamp, you know, writes his own movies, and he can kind of focus too much on the same thing or the same idea, it seems, in the, in the movies he's done. Um, District 9 was great, Elysium was more of the same, and then Chappie was, in my opinion, just off the rails. I mean, it, it had its laughs and things like that, but 
the characters to me were so despicable that it there was nothing to like about them. Um, and everything that happens is um, just completely ridiculous. Um, and but uh, well, with the moon, with the new movie, he's doing a time travel movie. He's not directly writing it, so he has some source material because it's based on a book. So I think that's something he could tackle that would be fresh and interesting, and something that he needs because I think, you know, he's able to. Um, he got Matt Damon in Elysium. He got like Hugh Jackman. Excuse me. He got Hugh Jackman in Chappie, uh, and Sigourney Weaver um, involved. So they, he's trusted by these. Uh, uh, these actors, and it seems that he's just able to throw a movie together quickly, it seems. And the actors probably enjoy that, I'd imagine. You know, I mean, they're able to come in, deliver the lines, and leave, and then let him do his CG work on the green screen, um, and let that be. So, um, it's just constantly the same thing. I mean, things you've seen. District 9 was, was very interesting. You know, tackling the themes that he did with the, um, lower class and almost like internment camps with the, with the aliens and how they moved up and how um, one of the characters tur started turning into an alien and seeing what he did to overcome that. And Elysium was more of the same. He was he had a disease. He had to get to the planet to fix himself. And then Chappie was more of the same. as a robot, became self-aware, tried to fix himself at the end or, or become something more. So like each movie is exactly the same concept so i think that with the sci-fi i mean with the time travel movie he could do some good you know i mean i i think it'd be more interesting to me than an alien movie i guess um so let's go ahead and get down to the top three moments top three bond moments i know last week i did a uh, or a couple of days ago i did a review on specter you know i enjoyed it having some more thoughts on it uh it's still it's still kind of maybe it, it it's gone down a little bit for me actually this thinking about it I, i'd even go far as say like from a four to like a 3.5 um just just the overall sense of where bond starts and where he ends and everything that's involved in between just is not really memorable whereas there's moments in like casino royale and skyfall not so much in quantum that i can remember like like it was yesterday, like like some fantastic action and some really, really interesting moments. I mean, whereas whether it be card playing Casino Royale to um, like all the amazing fight scenes in Skyfall, you know, it just, in the cars and everything, it just, when you learn, I guess it's kind of one of the things that I was saying last week, I was like, I was like, I would like that it was a personal bond, but now I'm thinking like, if you get too personal a bond, it kind of, it takes away some of the mystique of the character. So just focusing on him and thinking about it now, it's like focusing just on him throughout the whole movie. Now I feel like it could have just been a little bit too much. So, but anyway, number three, best Bond moments, I guess for me. Um, now I haven't seen a lot of them. I haven't seen them in a while. You know, I've seen, I rewatched here. We watched almost all the Sean Connery ones, uh, films and, um, living daylights. So some of those are fresh in my memory. Of course, all the Daniel Craig, all the Pierce Brosnan movies are fresh in my mind. So it's not necessarily the best. Just some of the ones that I think, you know, that are that are up there for me. I mean, my, really, really memorable for me. And number three would be the opening scene of Spectre um, in Mexico, The Day of the Dead. 
you know, just the, the panning shots. I know it's been done a lot uh, lately. Um, he did, Sam Mendes did start start filming this two years ago. I kind of like before Birdman and, you know, I mean, it, it's been around for a while, a long time, you know, these static shots that kind of go from here to there. Hitchcock did it a lot. Um, but these, these cuts that are, they're, the, the shots that are seemingly uncut, you know, and I thought that it was just such a cool idea. And yeah, it's like the first like five minutes and it really puts you in the scene. And although there could have been a little bit more to it, I just thought it looked great, you know, the color, the way that it uh, just, the camera just pans down and, you know, shows off um, all the different costumes of the Day of the Dead uh, celebration, the band members, just everything was like, per I mean, mind-boggling in place, like, it was just fantastic. It reminded me, yeah, of like something like Birdman on like a larger scale, almost like the scene where Michael Keaton runs out of the theater. So, but, I mean, this is like to the 10th degree. Uh, and so I, I'd say that was my number three. My number two is definitely Pierce Brosnan and the tank and Goldeneye. I mean, that, to me, when I think James Bond, that's what I think. I think of Goldeneye. And that movie really, you know, I, I, as a kid, I'd seen the older ones. I'd seen, you know, you know Thunderball, Dr. No, um, From Marshall With Love, those movies. But I didn't really um, understand them, I guess. You know, I was just so little. And, you know, I knew of James Bond, but it wasn't until, like, Goldeneye, until, like, the fantastic action hit, and the great ideas of the, just the tank, I mean, him, go, like, just barreling down the streets and running through walls and catching up, and it had a little bit of a comedic flair to it of him fixing his tie, you know, inside the tank, and it just looked so real. Like, I mean, nowadays it'd be completely CGI, and, and back then, I mean, it just looks uh, so great. One second. It just looks so great some water here um and can you say tell i'm getting excited for star wars classic classic anyway uh um so yeah so bond was great or i'm sorry goldeneye was fantastic and then my number one although it's not a bond film quote unquote uh, it was the Sean Connery's game in uh, the, 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 what was it called? The Domination Game in uh, Never Say Never Again. And I know it was a spinoff. It's not a Bond movie. It just, I, that's the, like the, almost the second thing I think of when I think of Bond. And I don't know why. I just like the, the fact that it's him, uh, it's Sean Connery pitted against the bad guy or the villain of the movie. And they're playing for, or vying for like a spot, um, or they're betting, but they're vying for a spot, like who's going to dominate the world. And they touch the joysticks and there's like a video game screen that pops up. And I just thought the, the, the animation looked fantastic. I still think it holds up. And, you know, when you fight, when they, you know, there's the low stakes, you have an electrical shock that surges through you. Uh, whenever you, I think when you get hit with a missile or when you lose, I'm trying to remember. Um, but yeah, once they're fighting and then, you know, so of course Bond loses the first game and then he, he starts it again and he's like, you understand, you know, the, the, the villain's like, you understand the stakes if we keep going. He's like, yes, I understand. He's like, you could die. You know, he's like, oh, I understand. So, you know, he keeps playing and it's just like a, a battle of the minds, I guess. You know, you've seen over the years, you've seen the action, you know, you've seen the vehicles and the gadgets and all that. But this one was kind of like an all out like mind game, you know, trying to beat somebody at their own game. And I know it's been done. I mean, in every movie possible, imaginable, pretty much, you know, 
as far as like you know the masterminds going at it but like an espionage movie about bond i mean it was just a great great um i don't know memorable scene for me um so that basically uh basically leads us to the end of the show um if you have any questions or comments or any type of like um features or comments or anything send it to me uh on the comments below or or on twitter at lee van martin and i'll get back with you you know i'm just want to like just figure out like what type of show to do if you just to do news or come up with like top fives or you know throw ideas around but i also want to get like uh anybody who's watching out there i want to get like you involved so if you have like questions or want to like Skype in on the audio, I can do that. And we can have a conversation about, you know, reviews or, or anything, anything in the news. Or if you just want to be like on the show, let me know. And, you know, we can make that happen. Um, you know, I, I've tested it. It works. So I, I can do that. Um, but anyway, uh, until next time. Yeah. Follow me on Lee Van Martin, comment below, subscribe, share it on Share the video on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever you can do to get it out there. It'd be great. And, uh, you know, tell everybody you know. And until next time, stay feasible.